The Breakdown Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies telling you what you need to know regarding politics breaking it down politics and welcome to another episode of politics uh I am running solo tonight. Usually, uh, Mr. Blue is uh, our showrunner, our producer, our mentor, our guiding light, if you will. <laughs> and he is not with us today. So I am doing this solo. So I'm hoping, praying, that this is just not going to turn into a one-hour bitch session of me just bitching about stuff. But hopefully I'll try and keep it entertaining since it's just going to be me on tonight. So... Uh, let's just jump right into it. Um, basically, there was a primary yesterday, which I voted in. And it was weird because I was sick as a dog the last couple of days. I am uh, diabetic, and my new medication is not agreeing with me. So I was out of work the last couple of days, but I had to run get my meds, and I figure on my way to the pharmacy is my polling place. And when I got there, there was nobody there, which was great because I didn't want to be out any longer than I had to. So I just said, all right, let me go in, let me vote. Uh, pretty much it took longer for me to grab my medication than it did for me to vote. I was like the 80th person to vote that day. And we're talking like maybe 10 o'clock in the morning, something like that. So, I mean, primaries don't lose you draw big crowds. You know, it's more of a partisan thing. And the lucky thing for me is that in uh, North Carolina, I can be independent. And basically, for a primary, they're like, oh, you're unaffiliated, which is what they call it. You just pick your own ballot. You know, you want to vote Democrat, Republican, or Libertarian. So I, I chose, of course, uh, you know, I chose Democrat, and I voted and, you know, the election was very milquetoast. I mean, David Price, who was the main guy I voted for, he won by a landslide, you know, the Republic, the Democratic nomination. You know, for some reason, I can't find any information on Wiley Nickel, who was the – I follow him on Facebook. I couldn't even find information on him, which was weird. But, okay. Uh, but other than that, North Carolina politics is pretty much just – I mean, at least the primaries, it's just milk toast. It's not really anything all that special. The, the primaries to watch, though, were uh, West Virginia. Like, West Virginia, their primaries were ridiculous. And they had a guy on the Republican side, his name was, uh, was it Don Blankenship. And on Young Turks, they crackle and they call him the, uh, not the Crypt Keeper, uh, Paul Bearer. If you remember the old uh, Undertaker from WWE, back in the days, his, his manager slash valet was a guy named Paul Bearer, and he was like this pasty bastard, and the, 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 the bags under his eyes and the slick back black hair he always carried to earn, and he would talk like this, and uh, he passed away a couple years ago, you know, he was an older gentleman, but... Uh, that's what this guy kind of looked like. He kind of looked like Paul Bearer from uh, WWE. He really did. And um, he basically, he was running for Senate. Uh, a few years back, he was involved. He, he was a, a coal baron. 
And uh, because of shoddy safety features in his mines, uh, there was a big explosion, and like over 20 people died. And he was actually convicted. So he's a convicted felon. Matter of fact, the night of the election, of the primary, I should say, which he lost, um, he came in third. He still had enough votes to worry people, though, and I'll tell you why in a second. Because um, basically, I mean, uh, Mitch McConnell ran as against him, so he started getting on Mitch McConnell. He called him Cocaine Mitch, which was kind of funny, and I'll explain that in a second. And he, he refers to the Chinese as China people. So he just says, like, yeah, you know, all these chops are going to the China people. <laughs> so it was like, okay, this guy is definitely insane, and I can definitely see why the Republicans did not want him to win, why Mr. McConnell was running against him. Perfectly see that. But basically, the night of the election was the night that his parole expires. So now he can go on vacation, he can get his guns back, according to him. So he says, even though I lost, I still kind of won. <laughs> but this guy's got a felon. And he, of course, he ran for Senate, and he, he lost. And it was just like, wah, wah. But his, if you watch his commercials, I'm pretty sure you can find them on YouTube, Don Blankenship. His commercials are ghoulishly ridiculous. Watching when you get a chance is actually pretty funny and scary all at the same time. But this guy was, you know, a few thousand votes away from running for getting the Republican nomination to run for Senate. Yeah. And one thing that I found to be uh, an indictment of the ridiculousness of conservatives in, in modern-day America is that one gentleman lost three of his cousins in that blast, right? Three family members gone in the blink of an eye. He still voted for Don Blankenship because he considered Don Blankenship to be an honest criminal. So he figures, I don't want to be lied to. I want to be, you know, I'd rather have an honest criminal in office. There is no such thing as an honest criminal. Because if you're a criminal, by nature, you are dishonest. That's like being half pregnant. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. So these people are just so mired in their whole, I hate Democrats, that even though their only choices are total scumbags, they'll vote for them and then they'll make up a reason to vote for them. You know. And the other thing that made this... Uh, whole thing ridiculous is uh, it basically is an indictment on why Democrats will lose in, in November. So mind you, we're in May, right? Which means that we're six months away from, less than six months away, technically, from the midterm elections. And Democrats are just like, we're going to win big. We're going to take back the House and Senate. I keep telling these jackasses it's not going to happen because we don't have a united front. And uh, in West Virginia, there's Joe Manchin, right? He's one of the two senators out of West Virginia. Joe Manchin has huge name recognition in there. He was their governor for six years, and I think he was their uh, attorney general for another four. And, you know, he's been in office for as long as you can remember out in West Virginia. So he's in deep. Right, but he was primaried by a woman named Paula Jean Swearingen, and I know you're probably thinking you don't know who that is. 
I know who she is because I, I watch uh, Young Turks, and the Young Turks, they back her. You know, she's a progressive candidate. Mind you, she, has, she had no money coming into this. When I mean no money, I mean that uh, she was outspent by uh, Joe Manchin, 19 to 1. And she still, even though she lost big, so to speak, uh, she still managed to get 30% of the vote. Now, the reason why this is significant for two reasons. Number one, uh, no one knew who she was. You know, and she had no uh, outside support. You know, Joe Manchin has got big money, and uh, she had no outside support. She didn't have a super PAC. She ran pretty much on small dollar donations. Yeah, but she had a strong progressive message, unlike Joe Manchin. But she still managed to get thirty percent of the vote, even though nobody knew who she was. That's big. That's very, very big. And a lot of people are basically just uh, glossing it over. You know, people like uh, Joanne Reed, she loves her some Joe Manchin. That's like her, her secret boyfriend. I exaggerate. But anybody who's in the establishment is basically an MSNBC darling. You understand? That's just the way it's going to go. So Joe Manchin is established, and as a matter of fact, a day removed from the election, Joe Manchin says that he's going to vote for uh, Donald Trump's pick for CIA, who nobody really wants her to be because she was the one who ran all those death camps for the CIA. She's a former CIA director, and she's, uh, she's bloodthirsty, you know. And it's going to be a disaster. And Donald Trump uh, basically... I mean, she ran a whole bunch of black sites for the CIA, and now I think she's going uh, to lead them, I think. I don't have my notes in front of me. I apologize. And it's going to be uh, the fact that Joe Manchin voted for her as a Democrat means that other Democrats may fold and think it's okay to vote for her since Joe Manchin voted for her. And it's going to be a disaster. But the thing is, is that Paula Jean Swearingen was squashed by... Uh, the mainstream media. And I know I'm starting to sound like Donald Trump, but it's true because, I mean, like I said, I, I only know who Paul Jean Squaregen is because I follow uh, Young Turks, who, who supports a lot of progressive candidates. Um, but I figured she would be big locally in uh, West Virginia, and I found out that that's not the case. They only started playing stuff about her the night of the election. So all the time she was running, they weren't really talking about her at all. They were just talking about Joe Manchin. You know? And, of course, the Hillbots were happy. They were just like, yeah, checkmate. And I'm just like, dude, you need us to vote for these scrubs in six months. So you're sitting there like, ah, we won, we won. Nah, 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 nah. Hey, 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 be an adult. Vote Democrat. Hey, fuck you. I'm not voting for your stupid ass. And it's, they, I can't describe these hillbots, but it's almost like we're fighting a war. As progressives, we're fighting a war on two fronts because we're fighting against Republicans and we're fighting against Democrats. Because Democrats and progressives are two different things. I mean, we all, I mean, Democrats are our political party, but uh, for me, my own bastardization of the lingo, I see Democrats as just the corporate types. 
like your Jill Bidens. You know, even though I love Uncle Joe, uh, if I had another choice to vote for him aside from him for president, I would because I like you, Joe, but not that much. You know, not against Bernie. Fuck that shit. Bernie Sanders all the way. But it's uh, it's going to be crazy. You know, the fact that I mean, you figure Joe Manchin beat his. Uh, Republican opponent last time around by he had 80% of the vote. So this time around he has he had 70% of the vote against Paula Jean, someone who he had never heard of. So this is not a good look for Joe, believe it or not. It may sound like, oh, he's still going to win, but, you know, it, we'll see. You know, and we need to keep that seat. So now we have to run that thing. Do we want a, a corporate Democrat who's going to keep spitting in our face every chance he gets, or, or do we want to give the seat to a to a Republican who's going to spit in our face every chance they get? It's six of one, half dozen of the other. So we'll see. You know. So I, I will say this. You know. Uh, Jumping subjects really quick, kind of. Uh, just before the show, uh, I was chatting with a friend of mine, and we were talking about another friend who we grew up with back in New York, and his mom is not doing so well. And out of respect for the family, I'm going to just keep it at that. But now, you know, we're talking like, you know, putting affairs in order, which is never a good conversation to have. You know, I mean, I've had to go through that with my mom. I've had other friends who've had to go through that who's lost parents to illness, and it's it sucks, especially when they're still alive, to be thinking, okay, we got to put our loved ones' affairs in order. You know, uh, John McCain is going through that right now, so it doesn't look like McCain's prognosis is very good. And it looks like John McCain is, as they say in, in, in the books, not long for this world. So McCain is putting his, uh, putting his affairs in order, you know. And uh, there's a song by a group called Vast. I know you've never heard of them. And the song is called I'm Dying. And the chorus goes, and I'm going to talk sing it because I'm not a singer. There's, a, there's not a day goes by that I don't know that I am dying. And, you know, it's the type of thing that just weighs on you. You know, there's no way you could really get past the fact that, hey, I mean, we're all dying a little bit every day to be morbid, but now when you know that, you know, the, the sands in your hourglass are almost up, it's a big thing. And the last thing you want to think about is who's going to show up at your funeral. Anybody who shows up at your funeral, that's a good thing. They come to pay their respects because they honored you and cherished you, you know, throughout your life. And, you know, and even if they don't, if, they, if they're not able to show I wasn't able to make all my friends' parents' funerals, you know, uh, travel restrictions and stuff like that. I mean, meaning, you know, sometimes money's not always on my side, so I don't always have the money to just get a plane ticket and just fly where I want to or take the time off from work to fly where I want to, you know. It's not that easy. But uh, McCain plans on having his funeral in D.C. Now, for somebody like John McCain, I... I'll keep this part of it short. I don't want to nerd out, you know. But um, the Captain Marvel movie comes out next year. And uh, it's based on another 
a comic book character called uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Marvel is an alien who's come to observe us and you know I'm not going to get into that whole story but he was the original Captain Marvel in the comics he died of cancer you know I'm not going to get that whole thing I don't want to nerd out but Marvel is from a race of aliens in the comics called the Kree and they had a they fought a war against another race called the Skrulls. And if you read Fantastic Four, you know who the Skrulls are, these green, shape-shifting aliens. And the Kree and the Skrulls have been at war for millennia in the comics. When Captain Marvel, uh, who was one of their, their chief enemies, was dying of cancer, a Skrull envoy came to visit Captain Marvel at his deathbed. And because they said, because he fought with, uh, he fought with honor, even though he was their greatest enemy, he fought with honor and integrity. So even as he was dying, they paid him the ultimate respect. They gave him their version of their medal of honor to their fallen enemy. And I think a lot of people are at that point with John McCain now. Do, do I agree with John McCain on a lot of stuff? No, <laughs> not at all. Not even close. But I think McCain carried as a Republican, he carried himself as enough of a gentleman, I know I'm saying that, like in quotation marks. And he earned enough credit with me to, in his passing, to let him die in peace without me making snarky remarks about him, to just let him pass in this world with whatever honor and dignity that he earned in his life. You know? And the reason why I bring up John McCain is because there were sources close to McCain. Uh, a couple of things. Number one, uh, set to speak at McCain's funeral, uh, give the eulogy, is going to be supposedly, is going to be George W. Bush and Barack Obama, which is why I brought up the whole Kree Skrull thing, because, you know, they fought a contentious election back in 2008, and now supposedly he wanted Obama to speak at his funeral, and of course Obama's not going to turn that down to Barack Obama, you know, but he also does not want Donald Trump at his funeral, so according to McCain's close friends, he doesn't want uh, Trump at his funeral. Now, I know you might be asking why, if you, if you haven't followed these two for the last couple of years. When, uh, think of it like this, you know, John McCain fought in Vietnam. Donald Trump was a draft dodger. He used up all his deferments, and when he had no more deferments, he, faked, uh, he said he had bone spurs, and that's why he couldn't fight uh, in the war, because he was medically unfit because he had bone spurs. You know, I, I once saw Travis Henry, running back for the Buffalo Bills, play half a season with a fractured leg. Okay, granted, he's getting paid millions of dollars a year to run, but he had a, a fractured leg, and he still ran for Buffalo. So Donald Trump had bone spurs in his foot, and he just figured, they were, you know, he's not fit to serve because he has bone spurs. Yeah, okay, whatever. McCain served, right? Uh, McCain's plane was shot down, and uh, in the crash, he broke both of his arms. And because of the way that the Viet Cong set his arms, he can't really lift his arms that high because of the, the, the primitive way that they set his arms when he broke both his arms. Being a, uh, 
the son of a high-ranking military official, they were going to negotiate for his release. And McCain supposedly, I say supposedly because I just heard about this the other day, from a source that I respect, but they said that McCain wouldn't leave without the rest of the prisoners that were there with him. So he spent years as a POW, while Donald Trump was probably out getting his dick sucked and, you know, being a playboy. I put playboy in quotations because now he's just an old man paying porn stars for sex <laughs> and putting it on his charge card. <laughs> but anyway, uh, when Trump was running for president and he talked about McCain, he said that McCain was only a war hero because he got captured. He's not like the ones who weren't captured. That is a huge insult to a man who spent years in a POW camp. So that right there was just enough. I mean, you know, Trump was horrible to everybody, you know, and that's how he won because they were like, yeah, he's telling the like it is. But, you know, there was more, but that's enough. <laughs> you mean I, I spent all these years in the, v, in the POW camp so some rich jagoff could just run his mouth about me with his, with his fucking bone spurs? Fuck out of here. That would be me if I was John McCain. That's what I would say. Except that I would be saying that to, like, Time Magazine or something. <laughs> I wouldn't hold back. McCain is more of a gentleman than I am. But uh, this is from uh, NBC News. I'm going to read an excerpt from NBC News. McCain's wish for Trump to skip his funeral, first reported Saturday by the New York Times, comes the two men have had a turbulent relationship, particularly since the 2016 presidential primary, when Trump said McCain was considered a war hero only because he was captured during the Vietnam War and that Trump preferred military figures who avoided being taken by the enemy. Okay. Last summer, Trump blasted McCain for his no vote that helped doom a key Obamacare repeal bill in the Senate. When Axios reported, Trump had been physically mocking McCain for the thumbs-down gesture the senator indicated during his vote. McCain's daughter, Megan, tweeted, what more must my family be put through right now? This is abhorrent. Keep in mind that when McCain gave his no vote, that was after he was diagnosed with brain cancer. You know, so he's been fighting this cancer for about a year. Okay, think about what McCain went through in Vietnam. Like I said, you know, he still has he's still suffering from injuries that he got 50 years ago, and then he gets to get made fun of by some draft dodging punk. Yeah, okay, I wouldn't want that son of a bitch at my funeral either. So you figure McCain's about to die. Uh, he's not going to be at the funeral, right? Uh, Barbara, Barbara Bush died. They didn't want him at that funeral either. So somebody had to try to get a chance to read it. Yeah, I just saved it. But they're like, how many funerals is Trump going to have to skip because he's a piece of shit? Okay, they didn't say that. I, I added that piece of shit part, but you know what I mean. How many funerals is this guy, get, are they going to tell him, please don't show up to my funeral? <laughs> how, much of a, how much of a piece of shit do you have to be? You know, and I know there's people who have like family issues and stuff like that, and that's a whole different matter altogether. But you know, you figure if a senator dies, you figure it would be customary for a president to show up. But Barbara Bush, as I mentioned uh, the last time when it happened, it's not customary for a president to to be at a first lady's funeral because 
Obama didn't go to Nancy, uh, who died? Nancy Reagan, Obama didn't go, and then uh, I want to say it was Betty Ford. And then uh, he didn't go to either one of those. Michelle Obama went instead. And I think when Bush was president, Lady Bird Johnson, Lyndon B. Johnson's wife passed away. And then um, George W. Bush didn't go, but uh, Laura Bush went instead. But you figure a senator passes away, you figure it would be customary for the president to be there. And John McCain was like, please don't show up at my funeral. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a sign that your president is a piece of shit. When nobody wants you at their funeral because you're going to bum people out at, at the funeral. <laughs> Just by showing up. Oh, but man. Not only that, it's a distraction from the actual thing that you're supposed to be reminiscing on, celebrating, mourning about. He's a distraction, a negative distraction. While, you know, the, the, the focus should be on the person who passed away, the media is going to focus on Trump and how he was acting or his, his behavior or, you know, you know how to do. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, Trump is a circus. You know, so and, all said and done, this in, in many ways it depends on how you define popularity. Trump is actually more popular, depending on how you define popularity, than mm-hmm. Obama was. Obama was more positively. I mean, we have more positives going towards Obama, but as a whole, Trump is more popular. If you think about it, if all the negative attention as well as positive attention he gets, right. he garners more Twitter tweets. He garners more impressions, as we like to call on social media, than Obama right. ever had. Right. Although oh, his stupidity, it's, it's, right. it's a narcissism in him. He don't narcissists don't care if they get negative attention or positive attention, as long as they get attention. Right. Exactly. So, and um, before I go to the next thing, Blue, did you watch the video for uh, uh, Charlie Scambino? Who for who? The, you know, I, I, I will say this, uh, you know, me being, uh, me considering the golden age of rap between like 1990 and like uh, 2002, like the style doesn't really, you know, that whole, it sounds too much like the mumble rap, but mm-hmm. the video, but the video is absolutely fascinating. Oh, you I know. agree with you 100%. I cannot listen to it on the radio. I told Alexa to play it the other day. I said, no, no, never mind, never mind. Because I can't listen to it. It's not listen, to me, it's not listenable, per se. It's, right. it's really hard to follow. It's, to me, you know, I'm a producer, and I used to be a rapper. So I found it to be a production mess as well as a lyrical mess. But the visuals, the visual is so, so amazing. I can't listen to it on the radio. I definitely can watch it on TV or on a computer or whatever, but I cannot listen to it straight out for some reason. Right. I guess it's just, it's just a style. And I don't listen to Charlie Scambino like that, so I don't know if he raps like that all the time. But I, I, I will no, say he's that... Very, he's a very eclectic rapper. He has he's, he's mimicked or modified multiple styles throughout his career. Yeah, okay. He's, very, he's, a good, he's a very good artist. I mean, he's a good artist in such a way that it's kind of say it's hard to say he doesn't. It's basically, he's saying he don't have his own voice. He has. He's very good at doing the voices of others. Right. So, but I, I will say the one thing that I, you know, I watched the video a few times, and then I watched people do breakdowns of the video, and the one thing I never, I never caught until I saw it on the breakdown was the part where uh, Death riding a pale horse. 
mm-hmm. and like where he robs away from the police. I didn't. I never caught the fact. I guess because, and I guess that was the point of the video that I was watching him dance so much. I didn't notice that that rider was dressed as death, riding. You know, and I misinterpreted that totally. I thought it was basically um, that that was representative of the clan, and that cops was backing up the clan. See, I thought it totally right. different. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right, and and that's kind of the, along the lines where I was going, like the overseers riding their horses, you know, checking mm-hmm. on the slaves and stuff like that. I didn't notice until I saw the breakdown of it that he was dressed as it was death. A religious basis, right? And I was just right. like, oh, oh, okay. Right, just like the church scene when he shot out them people in the church. That must be that could have crossed the nine. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you're familiar with that massacre. But I'm pretty sure you are. But um, yeah. that, I mean, that brought that to me. To me, and people was like, "Oh, I don't know if that was that or not." I said maybe it wasn't, but I think he needs enough room for interpretation to make it your own. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. And I guess that's I guess that's part of the point. You know. Mm-hmm. But it's like you know the dancing in the forefront, and then the chaos is in the back, oh, and the yeah, dancing yeah. is no, distracting us from. Video, it was all focused on him. I was focused on his naked, his naked chest. I'm like, now why this flaggy nigga dancing like this with these tight ass pants on, with these young kids juking in their little Catholic clothes? Come on, where they do this that? That's all I saw. Yeah, I saw the stuff in the background, but it was so out of focus, and I wasn't focused on it. Then you know, maybe two, maybe after the second time, I say, whoa, 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 there's something going on back here. And then I'm looking right. at the background, not paying attention to the dancing no more, because you know you can only watch it so much. She really, she <laughs> 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 and then you see all this stuff, the, the riots, the car burning, the shootings, and the dives, and the this and the that. We focus everything on the forefront, and then focus on the background, and that's what he's saying. Media is controlling the narrative. Right. Exactly. So. That was he did that right on time. I wonder if he made that stuff after um, Kanye came out with that that shit he came out with, and he just did that off the top. But I don't know. I don't think you construct the video that detailed in that little bit of time. Right. But maybe he, I mean, can. It, he is a, he is a genius. That is true. But you know, somebody had a, a meme, and they said when um when God when God closes a, a, a Kanye, he opens a childish Gambino. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah. That was right on time. I don't know if it was timed that way, but it worked. I don't know, but so. to me, like to me, it's like too much music came out at one time. It's like boom, we had um, we had J Cole drop, and we have him drop, and then we had um, the Royce the Five Nine drop, and then Kanye BS, and then yeah. it's like damn. Now, I mean, are, are they not taking the charts into consideration? They know they're supposed to give each other space so they can all could be number one. Right. <laughs> everybody can <they> fuck <laughs> everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that uh, J. Cole dropped the track. I didn't get a chance to listen to it. I have it saved on my uh, my favorites. But um, the Royce album. Strong is album. It, is, very strong album. Very strong. It, Only the Royce album. Really quick. Is, is, it, uh, is it Prime with him in Premiere or just a Royce the 5'9 album? It's a Royce. Ah, I have to ask you. We have to ask Charles that one. But I want to say I consider it just a Royce the 5'9 album. I think he said he channeled. Inspiration from Jay Z's um, the the usual what was it what was that first the second album oh um, uh, reasonable doubt there you go there you go yeah 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 man but we're gonna we're gonna I jump in. reasonable doubt as a channeler in this particular trip. <laughs> right. But I can see where he was going. I can see, you know, cause Royce is nice. He's just he ain't one of my favorite rappers by any means, but he nice. He nice. 
I think he rather let Eminem dick too much, but that's just that's where I'm at with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. I I, I like uh, I know he I mean just like Eminem and all his friends in this in this whole fame game, they've had fallen outs, you know, here and there. So, you know, I mean him and you know, I mean him and Eminem's crew, you know, with D twelve, they were beefing to the point where they, they were showing Royce is driving around in a bulletproof SUV wearing a bulletproof vest and I'm just like, damn. I'm glad I don't rap. <laughs> I think that was the one time where I was glad that I didn't make it as a rapper. And I say make it as a rapper like I was about to sign a deal. I sucked. I just, I quit quick. I was like, yeah, let me, let me apply for this job because I ain't going to make no money off this rapping. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's segue back to the politics. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Before we start doing music reviews for the rest of the time. But, um, this week we're going to do, oh, now, I know, uh, I didn't mention anything about, uh, I almost said Bush, about Trump backing out of the Iran deal. That's like its own show. So I started writing for that, and I figured this could be too big to, to do today. It's too much stuff to unpack for this unmitigated disaster. So it's probably going to be its own show when we tape again on Monday. I'll have everything stretched out for that. It's, it's just way too much because this is going to be an unmitigated disaster. And it's a lot to unpack with that. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm on Facebook, and a lot of people speak in memes. So I said every few weeks we're going to do what's called a meme roundup, where I get a bunch of memes, and I fact check them to see uh, if these memes are telling the truth. Because oftentimes, more times than none, there's either some falsehoods or it's all false. You know. So... There was a meme that I got uh, a few days ago. They had about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And they said, uh, Bengali was a four-year investigation. There were zero indictments. Hillary's emails was a two-year investigation. There were zero indictments. And then in the first 14 months of the Mueller investigation, there have been 23 indictments for Donald Trump and well, Donald Trump's crew. Right? So I decided to fact-check the, the Hillary part. The Trump part is true. Now, I couldn't find all 23, but I found more than a dozen between Trump and his cronies. You know, you figure right now Paul Manafort has two. I thought that was just the onion. No, Paul Manafort has two different tracking devices on him. <laughs> they don't want him to go nowhere. Yeah, I thought that was the onion. No, that's real. They don't want this dude going nowhere, you know. But I did look into Hillary for the Benghazi thing, and Hillary, I thought there would be some on the email thing, like the people who did the servers. So in other words, it wasn't that. An indictment is basically a formal charge. So I could accuse someone of murder, right? But they'd have to investigate it and see if there's enough proof, and then there'd be an indictment, meaning, okay, we're going to formally charge you with murder or formally investigate, you know? So as far as... Hillary goes. So I don't know in the Hillary emails, for her emails, I don't know if anyone else in her crew was indicted. I wasn't really able to find much on that. I know, but Hillary herself had zero indictments. So that part of it, if you just look at just Hillary, that part was true. Now, they kind of split hairs here because Donald Trump has uh, – as far as since he's been president, no formal indictments, right? His crew 
has a lot of indictments. <laughs> but Trump himself, none. So it kind of uh, fades back and forth. Okay? So it's, it's, I rate that one to be, using the, uh, the PolitiFact scale, I rate that one to be mostly true. But they kind of fade back and forth here. Right? Now, there was a, this one is not really a meme, but it's more of a, uh, a tweet that people are posting as a meme. Right? And it says, and this is not more of a true or false, it's just my, my quick commentary on this. And this is a, a Hillary Clinton quote. Right? It says, I will fight for you in Flint, no matter how long it takes. This is, for me, a personal commitment. I will stand with you every step of the way. And that was Hillary Clinton in February of 2016. And then it says she has not been back to Flint since the election. Now, as far as being true, that is indeed true. As far as being fair, that is 100% not fair. Because I, I will say blue. I was one of, those, one of those kids who didn't understand the term, you can't have your cake and eat it too. It, it, it went over my head yeah, until I realized. Until you, until you broke it down to me. Like, basically, yeah. not that you can't have it because it's there. It's just like once you eat it, it's gone. Right. And the same thing with Hillary. We can't tell Hillary, go away, and then tell Hillary, hey, what are you doing about Flint? We can't have it both ways. It's either we want Hillary to go away or we want her to do something. Because every time she does something, you know, people get mad. And they're like, go away, Hillary, you lost the election. <laughs> you know? And then they get mad and, well, Hillary says she's going to do this, and then she didn't do it. You can't do that. That's not right. That's not even close to being fair. And I don't like Hillary, but I figure, you know, in this case, if Let they were to... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Make a point that I have a question. No, no, go ahead. I, I'm good. What don't you like about Hillary? Why don't you like? How can you like somebody you don't know? How can you not um, like? Shit, how can you like somebody you know? No, no. And how can you not like somebody you don't? When I say, and when it comes to politicians, when I say I like and don't like, it's really about their policies, not about them personally. I, I've, I've only met maybe a handful of politicians personally in my life. So when I say I don't like Hillary, it has nothing to do with her personally. It has to do with her policies. You know, even Bernie Sanders, like he said, I've never met Bernie Sanders. When I say I love Bernie Sanders, it's more like I love his policies. You know, with Hillary Clinton, I always, I forget who I was talking to the other day about it, but I said I wouldn't vote for Secretary Clinton, but I would have voted for Senator Clinton. Like when she well, was yeah, a, when she was about a, that. I was, yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when she when she was a senator, you know, I would have voted for her in a heartbeat. But like Secretary of State Clinton, uh, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> that, because now she's more. You have to be really honest with yourself, Mark. When was the last? When was the last? What Secretary of State really was what they saw, and do we really know what the Secretary of State job entails? Well, I mean, Hillary in that time period, you know, when she was Secretary of State, like her policies, not just for Secretary of State, but you know around that time period. Like, uh, because when she was a senator back in the 90s, she was awesome, you know? And by the time she became, uh, right before she started running for, uh, for president, I guess when all the money started to kind of corrupt her, you know, she started going back on her ideals. Yeah, her, 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 her husband men had money. The money didn't corrupt her. You know, power corrupts. I, yep, I, I'll give you that, yeah. 
But I mean, uh, it, it's just, you know. So it's, you know, let's, I, let's be honest. Obama, he wasn't all that in the bag of potato chips like I want him to be. Let's put it like this. You think that every move he made was for the benefit of of, of others or for the no. benefit of himself? Definitely not. In the end, oh, no. it was for, in the end, it got towards the benefit of himself. Let's be honest. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not like uh, like you thought. I agree with you on that. You know, but Obama did do a lot of things that helped people, but he also let a lot of things go that we really didn't want him to let him go. Like, for instance, Wall Street. He still let Wall Street run rampant, and we were hoping that Obama would have put a stop to that. So that's one of the – I mean, even with, uh, even with Obamacare, right, mm-hmm. um, he let the lobbyists talk him out of uh, the public option. The public option would have been the end game. I will I, – I mean, there's no way we can know now, right? But if Obamacare passed, and here's the thing, why it's actually disgusting that the public option didn't go along with it and why the lobbyists had to fight to get it out of there, because mm-hmm. there was no way that we had the majority then, right? So there was no way. I mean, Obamacare passed. Not one Republican voted for it. We had the majority then. If it had passed with that public option, we would have nothing to worry about now because once people got into that public option and got affordable, like really affordable health care for everybody, and what I mean with the public option is it's basically, think of it like, uh, I wouldn't say Medicare for all, but think of it as a government uh, health care system that competes against the private insurers. So basically, if you can't afford Blue Cross and Blue Shield, there's an option for you. With Medicaid and Medicare, there's restrictions to it. So with Medicaid, it's basically you have to be uh, under a certain income level. So Medicare, you have to be a certain age. And then the public option would cover everybody else. So uh, and give them affordable health care. So if you're paying $200 a month for health care and you can't afford it and you can get that same deal under a public option for $100 a month, who would you go with? You go with the public option. But because of the lobbyists, they pulled the public option out. If they had kept that public option in, instead of Trump voting against uh, to kill Obamacare, uh, they would have, they'd have no choice but to vote for uh, Medicare for all, because these things with, with America and, and our, our and the density of our brains, and I don't mean that in a good way. We have to have these things in, in steps. Like you figure uh, with gays in the military, you know, they couldn't just come in and just say, "Let's have gays in the military uh, officially," because they would have, they would have rejected it. But they had don't ask, don't tell. Now keep in mind that Bill Clinton didn't do this as some master plan. He did it as a compromise, right? That gays can serve, but they just can't say that they're gay, right? Because at that point, gays were not allowed to serve in official capacity. But when you had don't ask, don't tell, right? And they started polling people afterwards. They found out that, you know, both with the men and the women, that it really wasn't all that big of a deal to begin with. And that paved the way for Obama to uh, allow the gays to serve in the military uh, officially. But if there was no don't ask, don't tell, it probably would have been a tough sell. 
but it was a polling from after Don't Ask, Don't Tell, where they found out, well, you know, now I know I have uh, gay uh, people in my platoon, and it's not that big a deal. We have to have, we're like, we're like babies in that receptor. We have to have these things in doses. <laughs> you know, we, we can't just take pills. We have to have it in applesauce in order to, in in order to swallow it down. The most, one of the most distinguished assassins we have on our squad was a homosexual male. And, you know, he wasn't necessarily blatant about it. In fact, he, was, he could beat both our ass right now and kill us without a thought. But he was definitely <laughs> gay as when we went to overseas ports. He would frequent those type of areas and engage in those type of activities. And, you know, it was known, but it was hush-hush. He didn't really speak on it because that law didn't pass yet, or that mandate didn't pass yet. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's funny that, you know, I'm pretty sure there's many instances of super soldiers being um, – alternate sexualities and we just they weren't allowed to be themselves, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. So but uh next on the list and, and no blue we're not gonna have a whole big discussion about Bill Cosby. We already did that on the last show and it took up a lot of time. But I just want people to be comfortable with this one thing. There was a meme going around. Uh Felicia Richard uh on Bill Cosby. And she says, uh, forget these women. What you're seeing is the destruction of a legacy, and I think it's orchestrated. I don't know why or who's doing it, but it's the legacy they're after, and it's a legacy that is so important to the culture, right? Now, the reason why I brought this one up is because a lot of times people will just tack people's names onto things to make it more relevant. They did that to Bill Cosby when they had that whole thing where he says, I'm 81 and I'm tired. I'm like, Bill Cosby's not 81. <laughs> you know, at least not at that time. So, but Felicia Richard really did say that. That was actually, I, and that was an easy one to figure out because once I pulled it up, it was on like CBS News or something like that. She really did say that. I don't blame her for saying that. Her and Bill Cosby have been friends for decades, you know. And, you know, a lot of her, I don't know if she would have been as big a name as she was without the Cosby show. So I, I understand and I wonder her. If, if he did all this stuff, not saying he did or didn't do it, but if he did mm-hmm. all this stuff with all these women, why didn't he do it with Felicia Rashad or with this one or with that one? You know what I'm saying? Well, a lot of times it's about being able to get away with it, you know. You figure it like this. You remember that whole, uh, we did that story last year, I think, about the cop who was raping all these women. Uh, but he yeah. was raping uh, prostitutes and drug addicts. And the only reason why he got caught is because he made a mistake and raped somebody who wasn't afraid of him and had some sort of respectability and told on him. But like one of the women uh, that he had raped, she came, and I'm not making this up to be funny, she came to court high on PCP, and they had to wait until she came down so she could testify. <laughs> until she sobered yeah, up. Yeah, I remember you so, me that. I remember yeah, that. so he, you know, so Bill Cosby knew but she, was lying. she couldn't tell the truth because she was so high when he actually did the crime. She don't know. No, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm playing. Yeah. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> no, but, but that's not that far from the truth, you know. And basically, he was, I mean, talk about the cop. He was like, listen, who's going to believe you? You're, you're a junkie prostitute. I'm a decorated officer, you know. And I don't know now, what Bill now was. He's somebody, now, he's somebody's junkie prostitute in prison. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I know that's, that's, not, that's not tolerated in prison. No. No, it's not. 
as a former cop, they probably have him in protective custody, but if they have him out in general population, he's not going to be. He probably wouldn't have lasted long out there. But Felicia well, Richard really Dahmer. did. Dahmer was in general pop, and one of them homies got him, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't even a year, was it, before they got Dahmer? Nah, I want to say like nine months, dude. Yeah. And, and the, the not ha-ha funny, because a man, even though he was a, a murderer, the man lost his know. life. I mean, this ain't the type of show to talk about it. We need a conspiracy show for that. We'll look into that. But um, I heard that the cops actually allowed that man to have access to him, that he wasn't even supposed to be in that particular pod to get at him like that. Yeah. And that I don't know. I I, I heard that, but I don't know if it's true. But I know that the guy who who did kill Dahmer was quoted as saying that Jesus told him to do it. (laughs) So... Yeah, it was. It was um, Jesus Gonzalez from um, Los Angeles, um, Sam, Samberg um, Community um, Project. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the the next meme I had, and this is kind of where we're from. <laughs> I I never really made until I saw the word Jesus written out. I always thought that Jesus and Jesus, I didn't really, when I saw, you know, when I saw it written out, I was like, that, mm-hmm. I'm like, that woman named her, named her child Jesus, you know. Yeah, when but I first heard it, that's what I used to say, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, like Christianity who, who? is so embedded in our mind. But when yeah. in all actuality, Jesus, as they know him, is, his name is not pronounced Jesus because yeah. there was no J sound until approximately 1,400 years later. Yeah. That's a linguistic thing. We don't talk about that on politics. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, um, Blue, do you remember the story about uh, Tom Latanowicz? I know the name probably doesn't sound familiar. He was a guy from, uh, from Massachusetts who killed that cop. And uh, he was a, a white guy. You could probably tell by his name. Uh, the one who they said he had 111 prior arrests, mm-hmm. and he and then he eventually killed the cop, right? So okay. I had to look into that because I thought, first of all, it came out of, of the New York Post. The New York Post is basically one of these papers where I wouldn't line my bird cage with it because I don't want my bird to get an infection. It's not a newspaper that I trust. I used to think the crazy. <laughs> The crazy thing is, I thought the New York Post was a real magazine until I found out it was much more like the Sun magazine. <laughs> yep, exactly. But um, I had to look into something because they said he had 111 prior arrests. And I could not find anything that supported that he was arrested 111 times. But I did see... Uh, an article in the Boston Globe. Now, keep in mind, it doesn't mean that he was some sort of angel. This guy was arrested more than uh, 20 times. So he had mm-hmm. served, uh, he was in prison for a few years, you know? Okay. And it's funny because in this article in the Boston Globe, he was arrested so many times, they had to color code it. <laughs> they color coded oh, his arrests. So it was like... Uh, one color for alleged violence or threats, one for drug-related, one for traffic incidents, and one for other. And the other was usually for gun charges. Mm-hmm. So, um, and matter of fact, he was charged with assaulting a pregnant woman, and the only reason why he didn't go to jail for that one is because the pregnant woman pled the fifth. 
Go Ooh. figure. Yeah. So, yeah, this one, he was charged in October 2016 with assault and battery of a pregnant woman, strangulation or suffocation of a pregnant woman, and vandalizing property. The case was dismissed after the alleged victim, Crystal Bierce, asserted her Fifth Amendment uh, privilege. But there was a lot of them. Uh, August 2014, he was charged in August with unlicensed operation of a motor vehicle, negligent operation of a motor vehicle, uh, speeding and, you know, all that other stuff, and... You know, a lot of his cases were either dismissed or kicked to a higher court where they just got lost in the system. So, uh, I think between 2010 and 2014, he was in prison. So that's why his last one was, uh, he was charged in June 2010. This is the one that uh, got him in prison. So he was charged with carrying a dangerous weapon. The weapon was identified as a double-edged switchblade. He pled guilty and was again sentenced to a prison term. They couldn't find out the name, the length of the term, but he served four years. So before that, with possessing marijuana with intent to distribute, uh, transferred to Superior Court, uh, charged with uh, heroin trafficking and receiving stolen property, uh, led in Superior Court, never saw the light of day. Charged in July of 2009 with possessing a firearm without an FID card. Both charges were kicked to Superior Court after indictment. Uh, got lost in the shuffle. Charged in December with improper firearm storage, carrying a gun without an ID, and defacing a serial number on the firearm. He was acquitted of that. Uh, charged in 2008 with possessing a class with marijuana. Case was dismissed. I don't care about that one. It's marijuana. Who cares? Um, and it wasn't intent to distribute. So who cares? Uh, two counts of carrying a gun without an ID, one count of unlawful storage, uh, one count of violating a firearm surrender order, pled guilty to all charges, uh, except the storage charge, which was dropped. So they said that he received a prison sentence for that, but uh, wasn't available, like how long he served. So he figured that happened in May, and then he had another uh, one in October. So it goes on. It goes back to, you know, I don't, I don't have time to read them all, but it goes back to 2005. So you figure 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, uh, at least 25 times that he was arrested. And on some of them for serious charges, assault, weapons, drugs, you know, he served four years in prison that whole time. So I didn't, and this is Boston Globe putting their nose to the grindstone to find his arrest. They found about like 25, 26 arrests. They didn't find 111 arrests, mm-hmm. you know. But the meme goes like this. Now, the, the, the theme of the meme I, I agree with. They said, um, this is Tom Latanovich, 29, just killed an officer in Yarmouth, Massachusetts. He had 111 prior arrests. Like I said, couldn't find any proof of 111. Uh, the Yarmouth PD called him notorious and violent, but he was taken alive. That was true. You know, they took him alive and unharmed. He finally gave up. You know, he barricaded himself in some building, and they finally eventually gave up. They said, Tamir Rice, Philando Castile, Alton Sterling, Freddie Gray, and Stefan Clark, who killed no one, were not taken alive. And then, of course, they had the picture of Kaepernick and said, this is why he continues to kneel. You know, so the overall theme of the meme is correct, but the 111 arrests, there's no proof of that. And you had 
newspapers in Boston digging up stuff, and they found almost 30 arrests, but nowhere near 111. So uh, that mean is I, I, I will call that because 111 arrest is the, the, the jewel of that, I would call that half true. You know, some people may call it mostly true. I call it half true. And the last meme I have before I move on, uh, I did the math on this. So I'm just going to come right now before I even say it and say that this meme is absolutely true. Okay? But it says, you want to know how rich Jeff Bezos is. Of course, Jeff Bezos is CEO, is uh, president of, I don't know if president, but of Amazon.com. You know? He says he could buy a $200,000 house for every homeless person in America. Not every homeless family, every homeless person, including kids, and still have enough money left to fix Flint's water system 12 times over. And it says maybe this country needs a maximum wage. I've heard that term many times in the last year or so. Jesse Ventura, uh, you know, former wrestler and governor and actor, was one of the first people who I heard talk about a maximum wage. To say everybody's talking about a minimum wage, what about a maximum wage? You know, that you can only, that you have a ceiling on how much you can earn. Right? Mm. So I did the math, and I'm like, somehow I feel it was a little bit of an exaggeration. Nope, I was absolutely wrong. So first thing I had to figure out, how much money is Jeff Bezos worth, right? As of today, when I looked it up uh, this morning, Jeff Bezos is worth $132 billion. Let's put that in perspective. Uh, the Zuckerberg kid, right, from Facebook, he's worth about $70 billion. Bill Gates is worth uh, $90, $90 billion, so Jeff Bezos is worth $132 billion, right? So do it like this. The next thing I had to figure out, how many homeless people are in America? Estimate, because, of course, there's no way to track every single one. The last estimate of how many homeless people in America, just a little over half a million people that are homeless, and that's the ones that they're able to find, right, or able to track, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you take... Uh, half, if you take half a million people, 500,000 people, and you multiply that by $200,000, $200,000 per home, right, you get $100 billion, right? Now, let's take the Flint thing, right? And I, did, I didn't do 12, I did 15. I did it by accident, and I decided to keep it, right? So the, the last estimate to fix the pipes in Flint, Michigan – was at $55 million, and that includes uh, materials, labor, everything. They said that they would need about 30 crews to get every house in Flint, the whole system, fix all the pipes, uh, $55 million to fix everything, right? So you figure if you took $55 million, and you times I did it by 15 by accident, but I decided to keep it, right? That's $825 million. So if you rounded that up, right, and you had all together, so Jeff Bezos buying all, every homeless person a $200,000 home and fixing pipes for, let's just say, 15-foot Michigans, right? You're talking, if you round up, you're talking uh, 
$101 billion, which would still leave him with $31 billion. That's how rich Jeff Bezos is. So those numbers jive. You know? Now, I don't know how much of Jeff Bezos' money is cash. I don't know how much of it is tied up in stocks. I don't know how much of it is tied up in assets. But we're just, so we're just going by his, his total worth. So if he, if he liquefied everything and then just bought every homeless person in this country a house and fixed 15 Flint Michigans, he'd still have $30 billion. That's absolutely disgusting. And keep in mind the way he made that money, by bleeding his workers dry. So it's, I don't know what to say about it, but that meme is, uh, I will say, I'm going to say true. I would normally say mostly true because, of, like I said, we don't know if it's $132 billion of cash, assets, stocks, whatever. But we're just going to, if you go by worth, it's absolutely true. He could do all that and have $30 billion left over. And that's one guy. Amazon is on its way to becoming a trillion-dollar company. So it's absolutely ridiculous. Okay. But, you know, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> I'm going to do uh, one last thing before we, before we wrap up. And this is kind of a little bit of a throwaway. It's not exactly political, but it's something that caught my eye, uh, a video that showed up in my feed. There was a, a documentary that came out in 2006. It's a documentary that got me into political and social documentaries, because before I used, to, I used to watch either sports documentaries or music documentaries. I never really got into political and social documentaries until I saw one called Who Killed the Electric Car? It used to stream on Netflix, which is how I saw it. It's no longer streaming on Netflix, but uh, here's the thing, right? You figure right now with this whole Iran horse shit, thanks to, to President Bone Spurs, gas may hit $3 a gallon by the end of the year, probably by the end of the summer. So gas may go back up to $3. It's been steadily creeping up since uh, last summer, and now it may hit $3 a gallon now that the Middle East is about to be destabilized. Okay? So you figure, why don't more people just buy hybrids or electric cars? Right? You figure, uh, and I'm reading from this, uh, I, I wrote down the, the text from this video, so some of it may be a bit choppy, so bear with me. So the typical car produces... 4.7 metric tons of carbon dioxide per year. And there are 250 million cars on the road. So Obama's plan, the cash for clunkers, you know, uh, was created to greatly improve greenhouse gas emissions, you know, because you figure if we're driving cars that are uh, more fuel efficient, right, and not driving these, you know, gas-guzzling cars, we could uh, cut down on greenhouse gas emissions. Now, an electric vehicle produces zero tailpipe emissions. 
and they're three times more fuel efficient than gas and diesel cars. Some electric cars do run on a bit of gas, and it's basically there to like let's just say you run out of you run out of uh, of your charge, and you're not near a charging station. Then it'll switch over to gas and get to get you where you need to go. So on that thing, it's more uh, cost efficient to run an electric car. But they said despite this, electric cars make up 1% of global auto sales. And there are only 17,000 public charging stations across the country. And you may think that that's a lot of charging stations. 17,000 of anything is a lot, right? But, well, of most things, it's a lot. <laughs> but uh, think of it like this. There's 14,000 Starbucks stores across the country. So there's only a few thousand more charging stations than there are Starbucks, considering that there are over 250 million cars on the road, right? So what caught my eye on this article was that now you have uh, big box stores like Walmart or uh, superstores, I should say, that are installing charging stations. So you figure most people live within 15 minutes of a superstore or a big box store. So a store like Walmart getting involved, that could help out a lot. And most of their charging stations, they said, are going to be like the, uh, the high-tech ones. So you figure it could charge an electric car, give it a full charge in 10 minutes, which is not bad. Okay? So if you go back in the history, right, and I had, I, had to, I had to find this out. I saw this on an episode of, you know what's the show called Murdoch Mysteries? It's, it's streaming on Netflix. But uh, Murdoch Mysteries was basically a show where uh, the, uh, it's a detective show set uh, in like the, the late 1800s, early 1900s, and it's a guy who uses science to solve mysteries at a time when Science wasn't used all that much for that sort of thing. And he meets all these historical figures like Nikola Tesla and stuff like that, right? And there was an episode about cars and basically how uh, the first cars that were built were electric. But in the episode, they were trying to stop this oil company from buying uh, the patent for this electric car. Because they weren't buying it to build more, they were buying it to bury it because they wanted gas cars to be the future because then, of course, you would need gas to run your cars. Gas and oil companies would uh, benefit greatly from that. And it really wasn't that far off from the truth because you figure the first electric cars were built in 1832. They became refined in 1870. The patent for the first gas-powered car wasn't filed. The patent wasn't filed until 1886. So electric cars were really much running things, and then the gas-powered cars ran them out because of the whole symbiosis between gas and automobiles. So you figure we've had fully electric cars since the 90s. So why is electric cars still considered to be new? And it's because so long as they can still make money off of the gas and oil, uh, they will continue to keep electric cars down. But I think that their time is almost done because you figure 
eventually with global warming, we're going to get to the point of no return, where all this raggedy weather, for lack of a better term, is going to become permanent. You know? And Donald Trump pulling us out of the Paris Accords is not helping that. But gas and oil are eventually going to run out. You know, we burn so many gallons of, of this stuff a day, eventually it's going to run out. You think the only reason why you pay attention to the Middle East is because they have gas and oil. What's going to happen when their gas and oil runs out? Who's going to give a shit about them then? You know, so we've got to have a contingency. And these electric cars, whether we like it or not, no matter how much they try to retard their growth, these electric cars are going to be the future. So if stores like Walmart are going to start having charging stations and, you know, pushing that forward, uh, as much as I hate Walmart, I'm all for that. So, and hopefully, uh, if we have a president, again, that would... Uh, support stuff like that. I mean, Obama was all about solar, you know, and about pushing agendas for uh, getting solar panels for people's houses. And what did Trump do? He put a tariff on them to help gas and oil companies. So hopefully uh, the next president we get that's more uh, conservationalist, and that's one of the things that Obama did very well, I will say, Blue, is that he was an excellent conservationist. Conservationists loved Obama. He protected national parks. He uh, stopped flood offshore drilling, you know, and Trump is trying to reverse all of that. So. But, Blue, before we wrap this up, did you I have any comments? You know, I, I was in Compton the other day, <clears throat> not Mr. Mm-hmm. Obama, I was at Duke Emergency Room, and they had eight charging stations at the emergency room exit. So we get nice. there now. That's what I yeah. said. To, no, not nice, because I have a, a, a petroleum car. And I had nowhere to park, <laughs> and I need to get my client. <laughs> so, no, yeah. it has its purse, yeah. I'm sure. I'm not in the market for an electric car yet, but, you know, mm-hmm. I work towards it. I work towards it. Yeah. It's still giving some – he'll probably cut the damn rebate, the tax rebate, you usually get $2,000 off if you have one off your taxes. You probably right. killed that. I haven't looked at it. I didn't pay attention. But yeah. More than likely. I mean, you figure with, uh, you know, we talked about Don Blankets, about the, the coal barons. Coal is getting to the point where it's more expensive to pull it out of the grounds than it is to actually sell it. And yet, people don't want to be coal miners. Let, let's, just make that, let's just make that perfectly clear. If people can make that same money working in an office or working in a, in a, in a factory, they would just do that instead. Nobody wants to go into the earth's coal and, and get coal. But those coal mining jobs paid very well. They paid over $20 an hour. So it kept people, uh, their families straight, but then what about the people who have to go down there? I mean, who wants to be 45 years old and have black lung? Me, me. No. Black, <laughs> Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> Not that kind of black. <laughs> the black that sticks to your lungs and, and takes your breath away, literally. Oh, no. So. No, we don't want that. No, no. <laughs> Blue, so, so what, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts is North Carolina, yes. 
suck. You voted wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's all uh, you have I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't talk about the North Carolina elections because it was pretty, pretty milk toast. You know, I talked more about the West Virginia ones before you got back on about Don Blankenship and then about Paula Jean Squarege, and even though she lost, she still got 30% of the vote for somebody who the media didn't even talk about until the day of the election. So, right. but I went out, and I, I was sick as a dog, but I went out and voted anyway because I had to go get my medicine, and there was nobody in the polling place, so it's not like I had to stand online while being sick. Yeah, right, I, it was the most loneliest place on the earth. One is the loneliest number in... I don't know the song. I messed this shit up from the beginning. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very... I'm, I promise you, um, when I did it, I did it that afternoon. I got there around 627. I was mm-hmm. only the 40th person that day. Wow. And I live in a very, very large district. I mean, there's easily in my sector 100,000 residents. You know what I'm saying? Within apartments and houses in my sector for 27713. So, yeah. That's not, that's not good because I, I, made, I made it there about 10 o'clock in the morning because I was like, look, if I wait until the evening, I'm not going to go vote because I, I was sick as a dog. You know, so I, I can't like, be mad. Maybe somebody might have early. They might. The majority may have early voted. I just don't hear a lot about early voting during you know primaries. So I just don't know how no, true that is. You know? No, no, you may be right about that because in uh, my polling place is a firehouse. So for the firehouse, there's no uh, there's no early voting. So when I got there, it's ten o'clock in the morning, and like like I said, nobody was there, but. Uh, I was the 80th person to vote, you know, at like 10 o'clock that morning. Because, I mean, for, I'm pretty sure in your area, if it's a larger area, they, they probably had early voting going on. Because early voting had been going on for like two weeks. So you're probably right. A lot of people in the area probably had a chance to vote early because they probably had polling places in their area where they can go in and vote early. You know. So that that may be it. There was no like I, like I said, my my place is a firehouse, so they're not gonna hold up to to vote early for two weeks. <laughs> so, but I mean, for me, just keep your eyes on the prize. Six more months until the midterm elections, and don't get me wrong. I know I've been seeing a lot of negative stuff about the Democrats, you know, but and how they're gonna lose, but. Deep inside, I want desperately to be wrong. I don't want to be like, aha, Democrats lost, you suck. I want to be wrong. And when I'm wrong and the Democrats retake the House and the Senate, I want you to rub my nose in it for being so negative all the time. You know, so, but that's all I had. And that is enough. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown podcast featuring hit shows such as Politrics, 360 Degrees, He Said, She Said. And I'm not even going to mention the other show because they haven't put out a show in a minute. We just say it's defunct. I have to change the, um, change the um, logo back to the original three, and we'll keep it moving. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Be well. And don't forget, subscribe. And if you haven't already, Go ahead and um, they can go ahead and register to vote, right? They can still register, right? They just can't do nothing for the primaries because it's already yeah. over. Yeah, primaries. Okay. I mean, at least, at least in these already, states, it's over. Get on it and go um, vote on go, vote website or the .org, and you can figure out all the stuff about the candidates that's going forward. 
and keep it moving, man. That's right, man. Oh, yeah. but Mark, today you um started the show. You have to end it. All right. So you can edit you edit this part out. So it's star nine, and then they'll give you the option to quit recording. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Now I gotta oh. edit it out. I wish you wouldn't have said nothing. All right. Bye. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs>